Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Church, so I blundered there for a second. I forgot that amazing video that uh, our, uh, we have made, which is awesome. Isn't that video awesome? All right, really puts things into perspective, right? You can give God a clap for that. Isn't it awesome? Really conveys what the church is, who the church is. Uh, we're in a series uh, called "The Church Is Not the Building." The church is the people. Let me say that again. We're in a series over the next four weeks, maybe five weeks, if God keeps on uh, whispering to me, all right, about it, that we're in a series that the church is not the building. This ain't it, all right? You know, what just happened was church. We said we just prayed for each other, right? We loved one another. Come on, somebody. We did church. The church is not the building. The church is the people. And I'm so excited to teach you about it because it's so important. It is so vital, all right? It reminds me of Superman. Do you remember Clark Kent? Clark Kent? He didn't always know who he was. He was uh, Kal-El. All right, let me get to, I know I have, some, I have some really, really big Superman, like, and actually we talk, I'm like, Batman's better, man. Batman's better, all right? But I have some big super, so you're Superman too, Jeremy? Anyway, I thought I heard you right now. All right, Superman, Superman fans, all right? Um, I know the Avengers are out, and that's Marvel. How many just don't care about comic books? <laughs> all right? But yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's all right. All right. But how about, just for my analogy, Clark Kent didn't know he was Kal-El from Jorah, uh, and his father was Jorah. In other words, he didn't know he was from another place. It took his, his father, Jonathan Kent, to tell him who he was. Son, you're not human. You're actually from Krypton. And the abilities that you have because they're from another place. Church, I want to let you know who you are. You're not from this place. And the abilities you have is from another place. And the reason you don't fit in is because you're fitted in with God's people, His church. Come on, somebody. That's why when you took a... All right? That's why when you took a sip of that beer, all right, that's when you, that's why, now beer is so casual. Back then it was like, you, if you do that, man, you're a sinner, right? Now it's like gourmet beer and it's like awesome, right, whatever. All right, but if you, uh, uh, if you went to a party, you didn't quite fit in. And you know you didn't fit in with those group of people. That's because you know that you are made for more. Come on, somebody. You are meant for more. God has more for you. You, you, want, you want that fulfilled life. God has it for you His, in the body of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pray for the sermon before I start preaching my, my butt off because I get excited. All right. By the, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, just a little fact about me. When I start reading the scripture, I'm like ready to go. Zero throttle, zero to 100, right? But I, I don't even get to finish sometimes the whole scripture because I'm so excited to preach it. But uh, that's just a note about me sometimes. I got to pace myself. All right. Let's go ahead and pray for the message. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the body, this body of believers in Jesus Christ, God. I believe, Father God, that you are moving in this church, God. I've talked to people. I've heard about their promotions. I've heard about how God has healed them, God, or healing them. I hear about how you're moving them, transforming them, sanctifying them. God, I'm grateful for what you're doing, God. This is what you are doing, not what I'm doing, but this is what you are doing, God, what you've ordained before creation, Lord, to make a church, this church in Pasadena to help people, to help people find fulfillment, to help people find truth and life, Father. And you, God, I pray that you would remove the, 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 uh, just the distractions. I pray that you would open up our hearts, 
Open up our eyes. Open up our ears. Holy Spirit, move the way you want to move. And we're grateful that you are already moving in this place. We love you. We thank you. Bless the word and help, help it transform people's lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. All right. So we're in a, in a series called The Church uh, is Not the Building. The Church is the people, all right? I don't know about you, but how many, um, let me just share this. My, the title of my message is actually called The Problem with Fortune Cookies, all right? The Problem with Fortune Cookies, all right? You're like, that's way out there. That's all right. I got your attention, though, didn't I? All right, the problem, you're never going to see fortune cookies the same way, all right? The Problem with Fortune Cookies. Now, just, just as a survey, how many of you really love Chinese food? Come on, somebody. How, yep, all right. We like Chinese food, all right. How many of you are the beef and broccoli crowd? All right, all right. Where's my sweet and sour pork crowd? All right, awesome. Who's my orange chicken crowd? Hey. hey who's my olive crowd? Yeah, that's right. That's me, all right. I'm olive all right. I think my wife is actually the beef and broccoli person. She loves that a lot. All right, cashew chicken. I could have kept. I could keep on going. All right. Anyway, uh, and and I, I, about Chinese food places. There's always an awesome local Chinese food restaurant, fast food restaurant, in in, a, in every local city. Right. I believe like the church. All right. I do believe. I'm being optimistic. All right. That there are some good churches in every local city. All right. Uh, uh, but the problem with fortune cookies is that. There, how many of you realize that the fortune cookie was not actually invented in China? All right. Oh, some of you knew that. I didn't think any of you knew that. I was like, what? No way. That's crazy, right? Actually, the fortune cookie was invented by in, in Japan. All right. That's where it was created. In fact, it was invented by a Japanese person. In fact, historically, there is a person in L.A. Uh, who believes that they were the first person to create it and actually went to court in San Francisco. And they said, nope, it was a person in in Japan, and, and, L, and the city of L.A. and this individual were so upset. And L.A., our city decided to say, you know, this is the man who did it. But historically, it was invented in Japan, all right? Now, the funny thing about fortune cookies is that Chinese people really don't like them, all right? Chinese, I, I, and if, I do have some Chinese people in here. If I'm wrong, you can clobber me after we're service, all right? But I'm pretty sure I'm right. I did my research, and I know some Chinese people, all right? Uh, all right. So Chinese people really don't like them. All right. In fact, Chinese people really don't really like orange chicken. All right. They really don't. If they don't like cashew chicken, they're like, what is this sweet and sour pork stuff? All right. Chinese people really don't like what's the other broccoli and beef. All right. I think the same is true with the church. I think there are so many stereotypes about Chinese food or, or, for, or fortune cookies that, you know, in fact, you know, it's comical. Actually, a company in the United States actually so, tried to sell uh, China fortune cookies. And, and the people in China were like, we really don't like it, all right? That is an American thing, all right? I think the same is true with the church. Just like there are misconceptions about fortune cookies, all right, and, and Chinese food, and Chinese people like Chinese food, and, and our American thing is, you know, they must love fortune cookies. They must eat fortune cookies after every meal, right? That is not true. I believe the same misperception is true about the church. There are people out there that think that we do a certain type of thing just to do it. We look a certain way just because we want to look a certain way. We act a certain way just because we want to act a certain way. Let me tell you, there are people out there who will never step in this place because of their misperceptions about you, about church. Do you know that? 
Do you know that? It's funny. I, I had a conversation with a brother. I believe he's here. And, uh, I, and he's a born-again believer. He, he's recently baptized. He got to know God. And we, we, you know, we kind of do this, some discipling uh, over, over some breakfast, over some coffee. And he said, Michael, I love your church. I love this church. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I, 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 but honestly, I didn't know church was like this. I thought you had to be a certain kind of way. I thought you had to act a certain kind of way. I thought you had to, I thought, you know, I, I thought all of these different things. And to be honest with you, I live with roommates. I, I, I know people who I want them to come to church, but they'll never come to church because of their misperceptions about church. And you know, I told him, I said, brother, that is so awesome and genuine. Let me tell you something. You ought to be the church to those people who will never come to church. Come on, somebody. You ought to take church to them, all right? You ought to take church outside of this building. Let me tell you something, church. We gather so we can scatter. Come on, somebody. We gather right here so we can scatter right on out of here, all right? The problem about us people sometimes, the church, is that once we're in this building, we leave, we leave it all right here. We leave what just, you know how you pray for some people right now? We're not, sometimes we just leave that right here. And we meet someone in the coffee shop who's going through marital problems, financial crisis. They're dying. They have, a, they have a sickness. They have six months to live. And we say, good luck, man. What about what God has done in you? You're a believer. You have the spirit of God living inside of you. Let me tell you, you're not the Savior, but you know the Savior, and he lives inside of you. And therefore, because he lives inside of you, you have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the grave, lives inside of you. You, have, you know the answer. You're not the answer, all right? Let me tell you something. A lot of us sometimes are intimidated to be the church out there, all right, because you think you're the answer. You're like, I, I, man, I struggle. I, I've gone to church one time this month. Like, I'm not good. Let me tell you, it's not about all that. You know the answer, and he lives in you, and his name is Jesus, all right? The pers- Jesus is resurrected and uh, bodily resurrected. Let me say it again. Jesus is bodily resurrected, all right? So obviously he, he, the body of Jesus don't live in you. What lives in you? It's the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That's why when you sin, you hear a voice inside you say, don't do that. It's not good for you. That's why when you feel at your lowest, you hear a voice within you say, you are good enough. Come on, somebody. You are worthy. Am I preaching today? Come on, somebody. All right. I love the church. Let me tell you, I love the church of Jesus Christ. There is so much history. There are over two millennia. Let me tell you, 2,000 years. All right. Two millennia. All right. Think about that. Let me put it into perspective. You know how old America is? All right, America is less than 400 years old. Let me tell you, the church of Jesus Christ has outlived every major empire. Come on, somebody. Has outlived every major dynasty, even through persecution, even through revolution. The church of Jesus Christ will never cease. It will never die. That's why he says even the gates of Hades, right, will never overcome my church. The power of death. The realm of death will never, will never have its grip on the church because there's life in the church. Why? Because there's what's happened today, earlier as we were praying, that was life. Come on, somebody. You felt reinvigorated. You felt recharged. You felt refreshed. Like, I can do this. I'm going to be okay. Come on, somebody, right? I love the church of Jesus Christ. Why do I love it? Because it's not filled with perfect people. Because it's not filled with perfect people. The only perfect person I know, and I'm be, being totally honest with you, is Beyonce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, no, I'm just kidding. The only perfect person I know, all right, is Jesus. Is Jesus, all right? You're like, yeah, she's pretty. No, she needs Jesus, all right? All right. 
there's only one perfect person. And it, you know what? Let me tell you something, church. It gives me hope. It gives me hope. You know, I always tell you, this is a church that is in progress. And, you know, I, only, I don't just say that for you. Guess who I say that for? I say that for me. Because my wife knows me. Come on, somebody. My neighbor knows me. I always say that. The coffee shop knows me. My cat knows me. My cat don't like me, all right? If my cat just don't like me at all. We don't get along. We don't mix well. That cat is filled with attitude. That cat needs church. Come on, somebody. That cat needs church, all right? All right, anyway. All right, just leave that over there, all right? I always tell my, my, alley, my cat's an alley cat, all right? Anyway, he needs Jesus, you alley cat. Anyway, he's not an alley cat at all. He would never survive in the, the alleys, all right? I, I, I love the church. There's so much history. Let me, t- let me put some things into perspective for you right now. And I said it last week, and, and I, there might be some redundancy, but that's okay because we need some education about the church. We need, just like we think fortune cookies were invented by China, it's like, no, bro, it was not, all right? You need some education on church. Why? Because it allows, if we don't know who we are, what hope do we have? What hope do they have? If we don't know who we are, what hope do they have? What hope do we have? So we need some education, right? I love the church. Right now, let me tell you, it's over, two, over 200 countries. It's illegal. It's illegal. I said illegal to have this. It's illegal to have the word of life, to have the bread of life, all right? We always say this in church. So many people just want the bread of life, but they're choking on the wrapper. They just want real Jesus. Come on, somebody. They don't, this is all cool and everything. But you see that picture up there? That's church. You see, that's relationship. That's community. That's the assembly of God coming together under the name of Jesus, all right? Where there's freedom, where there's forgiveness and reconciliation. I love the church. Right now, it's over, over 200 countries. It's illegal to have the Bible. Right now in Iran, there are people hiding right now because they believe in Jesus. Right now in China, did you know they just destroyed one of the biggest churches, the government-ran churches in China. They just destroyed it because the church was becoming too powerful. Because too many people were coming to Jesus. Do you know that there's so many people who are believers in China that are living underground? All right, Myanmar, all these different countries, right? It's illegal. We have the privilege to live in this great land. Amen. Come on, somebody. To call ourselves Christians, to worship freely in the name of Jesus. That's why I'm so passionate about my faith. I'm going to go all out, baby. Come on, somebody. If I only have 95 years to live, 80 years, whatever it is, amount of years, all right, I'm going to go all out with my faith because I have discovered the truth of Jesus, his power, his miracles, his word. Come on, I have seen him do a thing or two in my life I am not ashamed of it come on somebody you shouldn't be either you shouldn't be either I love church history it is so it it is beautiful in fact never in the New Testament I said this last week never in the New Testament when Jesus talks about church does it ever mean a building never in the New Testament when Jesus brings up the word church does it ever mean building? In fact, here we go. We have a scripture for you, Matthew chapter 16, where much of our content has been from, all right? In fact, they started to build church buildings in the third century, all right, in church history. In the third century, they started to build church buildings, and that's kind of how it referred to church was the third century was that. But before, in the Bible, what the Bible talks about, and you can throw it up there, Monique, Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus refers to the church here, right, is this the first instance, he always refers it to community. He always refers it to people. He always refers uh, 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 he, when he says it, he, he, he's referring it to as believers of God. 
So in other words, we're not coming here just to sing some songs, kumbaya. All right, we're not here just to look pretty. We're, out, we're here because we believe on the name of Jesus. And the, the, church, the church of Jesus Christ is a body, okay? In other words, there are some fingers, there are some toes, there are some kneecaps, some knees, there's a chest, there's a neck. And what I like to say is, if you don't come to church, then we have some body parts missing, and we cannot move the way we're supposed to. I'm doing the robot. You cannot move the way you're supposed to move. You, if we're missing the hand, we can't, we can't move right. Come on, somebody, all right? If we don't got a lay coming to church to this Sunday, then we're missing something, all right? But the church is a body, and when the body is in unity and perfect harmony, are we moving, baby? Come on, somebody. We're taking over, right? That, the church is a body, all right? And I want to do a little bit of teaching, and I, have to, I don't know if you know this. I've been speeding up just because we've been praying. How many just really needed that? Come on, somebody. We just really needed some prayer, amen? In fact, I think that we, sh- we should do that more often, all right, I think this is cool, this is amazing, all that's great, but we need prayer. And I think, honestly, that's how we're going to make a difference and impact, by praying people, not by looking awesome, all right? Not just by singing songs without any meaning or depth, but by prayer. Come on, somebody, all right? We need to be a church that is praying always, all right? So it says this in Matthew chapter 16, which is actually very pivotal, all right? It says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, and I don't know if you remember a few series ago, I taught that when Jesus asks you a question, he's not asking a question. Remember, this is God. God is asking a question not because he don't know the answer. It's because he's trying to teach you the answer, all right? All right. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say that. He'll ask you a question. It's not because the Holy Spirit don't know the answer. It's because the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you the answer. Come on, somebody. All right. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some, now this is just some of them, the bunch of, uh, the bunch of the 12. They say, some say John the Baptist. Now John died. He was beheaded. All right. John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. All right. And still others, Jeremiah. In other words, they all just said they were prophets. All right. Elijah and Jeremiah, one of the, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. But what about you? Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus is asking you right now. Not, he's saying, what about you? What about you? Who do you say I am? Who do you think I am? Come on, somebody. Who do you think I am? Who do you know me to be? What have I done for you? And you got to remember, the disciples have seen amazing things. They had seen Jesus walk on the water. They had seen people who were dead come back to life. They had seen Peter walk on the water. And it's not like they just met Jesus for one day when this context took place. They have been walking with Jesus. You have been walking with Jesus. And this morning, Jesus is asking you, the pastor is asking you, who do you say that Jesus is? What are you going to do with that fact? Come on, somebody. You have seen God move. And that's, why, that's what I love about the church. Because I know I'm in progress. And I said that, I'm saying that again. And you're in progress. Right now, you think you have to have it all together to be up in this place. You think you have to have it all together to be a leader, to pray for people. You think you have to have your, your, your stuff in a row. You don't, let me tell you something. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect to be in this place. You don't have to be perfect to pray for somebody. You don't have to be perfect to be in a coffee shop. And when somebody tells you, I'm dying, don't feel worthy enough to pray for them and walk away. You are worthy because you bear the name of Jesus in your heart. And you're in progress where you're at. Come on, somebody. You're in progress. Let me tell you. And by the way, 
talking about being the church outside the walls, it's really, really easy. You're like, Michael, I know it's easy for you. You're a pastor. Let me, t- I w- let me just share this with you. I study for the messages all the time in coffee shops. I st- all the time. And let me tell you, I meet a bunch of people. I meet feminists. I meet Republicans. I meet Democrats. I meet everybody. I'm telling you, I, I think I told you a few weeks ago I met a woman with hairy armpits. It was true, all right? My wife said she's bad. She's getting mad at me. Don't say that. I'm, I'm sorry if I offended any woman in here who has hairy armpits, all right? I'm not talking about a stubble. I'm talking about, like, that long hair, okay? Anyway, let's just leave that right there, all right? But I, my point is I meet all kinds of people. Let me tell you how you can be the church outside the church. Just love them. Be kind to them. Don't judge them. Love, let me make this easy, easy for you. Love them, be kind to them, and, and, and don't judge them. And let me tell you, if you do those three things easily, they're going to they're gonna know that you're a different Christian. Uh, there's people I talk to all the time, I don't judge them, I love them, and I'm kind to them. In fact, this last Friday, this lady, she's a Buddhist, she was asking me, you know, I, she's one of the baristas, and she said, you're here pretty, you know, pretty often. And I said, yeah, I'm always studying for the messages. And she kind of said, what's your story? What do you believe? And I just, I let it all out, genuinely. I was authentic. I loved, I never judged her. I you're, you're a Buddhist, you're going to hell. I'm never going to go to your church, right? I was authentic. I, you know what? And I'm not the Savior. I shared with her the Savior. Now that's up to God, and that's up to her now. All right? I'm not the answer. He's the answer. I can be the conduit right now, right? There's some people in your life, they think you're a judge. You know, I will never go to church. Why? Because those are a bunch of judgy people. I'll, they're they're going to judge me. In fact, my family were never church people, all right? We were never church people, and we thought that those people were perfect, and we thought those people were going to judge us. My, like I share with, my, with you all the time, my father was a heroin addict. Guess what he thought? Those people are perfect. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I can't have what they have because they're too good. They're somewhere different than I'm at in life. They have no struggles. But let me tell you, this church is a church in progress. Come on, somebody, where everybody's in progress. And that's what I want to deliver to you that, so you can have hope because you are a somebody. You are from a different place. You belong to the church of Jesus Christ. You belong from another place. Come on, somebody, you out there, all right? Now, I have to give you some education before I keep preaching, all right? But uh, I, I told you, I didn't even finish the scripture, all right? <laughs> all right? They replied, some of, the, some of them say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what do you say about me? Who do you think I am? Who do you think I am? Do you think I'm just some guy hanging on a cross just to look fancy in some decorative room? Am I, am I, am I just some person that is stuck within the four walls of a building? Am I just a piece of charm necklace on somebody's necklace or wristband? Is that all I am? Or am I the Savior, Jesus Christ, the person that forgives all your sin, the person that walks with you, the person that never gives up on you, the person that is there when you're at your lowest, the person is there that when you're sick, the person that is there when you're bankrupt? Come on, somebody. Am I the person uh, that you need in your life? Am I God or am I not? Let me tell you right now, there's no one foot in, there's no one foot out. There's, no, there's either black or white, there is no gray. Some of us are living a gray life right now. Sometimes we're on with Jesus, sometimes we're off with Jesus. But Jesus wants you to know, am I who you say I am? Come, or am I who, I butchered that, excuse me, all right? I am the living God. Am I that to you? Come on, somebody. All right, am I that to you, all right? That's what Jesus is saying. And guess what? He's asking his followers. So let's put it into context. He's asking his followers. Peter, John, Matthew, he's asking the people that walked with him for three years. He didn't ask him about the first year. He asked him about the three-year marker, all right? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. Now, check this out. 
Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will never overcome it. Come on, somebody. Isn't that powerful? Peter stands up in his faith. Usually he has a foot-mouth disease where he's saying something he shouldn't say. But this time he says, you know what? You are the son of God. And Jesus, you know, thank God Jesus didn't give up on that brother. Come on, somebody. Thank God Jesus didn't give up on that brother. You know, thank God that Jesus saw the amazing rock that Peter would be. Come on, thank God that he did not give up on you. Come on, somebody. Thank God he's never going to give up on you. Thank God that he sees you to be the most amazing, terrific person that he's called you to be, all right? Isn't that amazing? He stands up in his faith. He says, you are the Messiah. Now, check this out. Check out Jesus' response. He says, you are Peter. Now, some Greek for you. He says, you are Petros, all right? You are Petros. What that means is actually small pebble, little rock, all right? You are Peter. You are this small rock. You are, you are a rock, right, but a, pe- a pebble. And he says, on this rock, you are on this Petra, Petros, Petra, Petros, Petra, on this rock, Petra in the, in the Greek, actually you get um, cases, which actually mean uh, female or ma- male, all right? This Petra word is actually female. We know what he's talking about. He's talking about his church. He's referring to his church as a female, her, the bride of Christ, right? He's saying on this Petra, on what does Petra mean? It means bedrock. So Peter, you are this little pebble, but on this bedrock, on this Petra, on this cliff, on this big bedrock mountain, we are going to build, I'm going to build the church of, um, I says, I will build my church, right? Which is so significant. Because over theology, over the centuries, people think, you know what? Okay, it's Peter that the church is built on. Peter is building the church. And then the next pope in line. And then the next pope. But the Protestant belief is that it's not Peter, not a bishop, or it's not a, a talented person that the church is built on, that we're here. The church is built on the confession of Peter. All right? The church, let me say it again. The church is built on the confession. What's the confession? The confession is that Jesus is the living God, the Son of God. That's what the church is built on. Come on, somebody. The church is not built, we, the church is not built on a concert. The church is not built on amazing, fabulous preaching. It helps. The church is not built just on a prophet or just on an evangelist. The church of Jesus Christ is built on the revelation of who he is. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah of God. That is the bedrock on what we are building the calling church. Come on, somebody. That is significant, all right? I believe when you add all these little stones up, you get something significant. It is the confession of, of Peter that, uh, that is what he is the rock, the bedrock. And let me just share this with you. I love it. Jesus taught me this the first year of planning this church. Right here, there are two pronouns, I and my. I and my. I will build my church. Let me say it again. Jesus is telling Peter, I will build my church, all right? Jesus is not saying, Peter, you are going to build your church. All right, Michael, you are going to build your church. All right, Pastor so-and-so from Pasadena or Monroe, whatever, you are going to build your, nah, whose church is it? Who's building his church? 
Jesus is building his church. I'm not building this church. Come on, somebody. I'm a passenger up in this church, all right? Because Jesus is building this church. Jesus is building you. And let me newsflash, we're not building walls. We're building people. Come on, somebody. We're not building walls and structures. We're building people, all right? And this is how we're building people. I love it. What it says in John chapter 5, all right? It says this. It, uh, I believe we have it for, on the screen. It says this. It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I am saying right now and aligns himself with the Father who has in fact put me in charge at this very moment, the, the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider, all right? The person has taken a giant step, watch this, has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. So what, 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 what does it mean by this? It means that when you come to faith in Christ, then you come to belief in Jesus, you are actually escaping the realm of the dead, Hades, all right? And you're coming to the realm of eternal life, the living. In other words, eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Eternal life begins, right, when you believe on the person of Jesus Christ. This life comes inside of you, all right? Church is the people. Church is not the building. Let me tell you, we care more about the condition of people than we care more about the condition of a building. Newsflash, this is in our building, and the condition, to be quite honest with you, is all right. I've struggled with it for three years. But God keeps telling me, don't worry about that condition. Worry about the condition of my sheep. Worry about the condition of my people. Worry about the condition of the city. Come on, somebody. That's what God cares about. That's what God cares about. And let me tell you, the church is people. Church is people. Church is Mexican people, Asian people, African-American people, British people. I don't, I thought actually we do have some British people here. All right. Church is people. Church is people. God loves all people. I love what Billy Graham says. Jesus Christ is for the whole world, not for one race. Jesus Christ is not for one social economic uh, status. Jesus is for the rich and the poor. Jesus is for the high and the low. Jesus is for the powerful and the weak. Come on, somebody. That is the church of Jesus Christ. We all don't have to look the same. In fact, uh, Wednesday we had a, no, Thursday we had the National Day of Prayer. It was amazing and beautiful. In fact, there's a lot of churches represented in the city, but maybe a handful of us were there. And we brought our churches, we brought our, our worship teams mingled. We got, we got to pray with one another. I got to pray with different races, different economic backgrounds, we, from different churches. We, be, we formed one church. Come on, somebody. One church in Pasadena where we gather together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our church is people. And let me tell you, let me give you hope. You don't have to have it together to be right in this place. And I want to let you know that Jesus is not giving up on you, on your bad habit, all right? You know you have a bad habit. We have some bad habits. Be honest with you, pastor has some bad habits, all right? I'm in progress myself. My cat knows me, remember? All right? But thank God he never gives up on me. Thank God he never gives up on you. Let me tell you, God wants you to be saved and to know him, to have a regenerate heart. What that means is to be born again, all right? But not only to be born again, but to grow up in this faith. So that when you go to a coffee shop, so that when you go to a concert, and when people are dying and people are in need, you can stand up in your faith and say, I know somebody who can heal you. I know somebody who can help you out in your finances. I know somebody, his name is Jesus. He's the son of the living God. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a great miracle worker. He's not just a great teacher. He is the person of Jesus Christ. He created the heavens and the earth. He walks on water. He tells storms to cease. 
this is the person that I know, and he can help you. Come on, somebody. There's a world out there that needs us, and I would have failed you. I would have failed all of us if we just gather on a Sunday and never scatter on a Monday. Come on, somebody. We need to gather so we can scatter, all right, and your family members. Stop looking down upon them. Stop judging them. Stop judging your coworker. Even they, they, they sleep with every living thing, or they go out to clubs. Why don't you pray with them? Come on, somebody. It's true, and it's funny, but they need you. You know why they're sleeping in their, with every living thing? Because there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. And they need you, or they need God through you. Come on, somebody. All right? This is the last thing I'm going to share because I know there's some tacos. I'll give you an extra taco, I promise. All right? All right. The church actually means, uh, in its form, is ecclesia. All right? Church is people. Ecclesia means people. And I shared last week, it actually means a legislative body. All right, legislative body, what are you talking about, Pastor? It actually means legislative body. In other words, back in, it's a Greek terminology, and it's not a religious terminology. In other words, back then in Greece, they had certain individuals in the, in the country who, whose job it was, whose role it was, to form a legislative body from society to make uh, rules and regulations for the countryside. You guys hearing me? All right. Making me nervous in the service. People are leaving, all right? There's tacos. Don't leave yet, all right? All right. Uh, now I forgot what I said. Oh, it's a legislative body. What Jesus is saying, he says, my church, I'm taking people out of the world, forming them into a body, okay? So they can bind things and they can loosen. I'm going to give them the keys of the kingdom so forgiveness can be unleashed. Come on, somebody. That's what God is doing, all right? Ecclesia, in fact, is made up of two words. Ek, which means out, and kaleo, which means call. Let me say it again. Ek, which means out, kaleo, which means call. What is God saying? Jesus is saying, my called out ones, my called out ones from the world, my called out ones are going to come and change the world forever for 2,000 years to come till the day that Jesus comes back. In other words, what is Jesus calling you out of? Jesus is calling you out of darkness. Jesus is calling you out of addiction. Jesus is calling you out of pornography. Jesus is calling you out of the club. Jesus is calling you out of fornication. Come on, somebody. And he's putting you with a body of love, all right? A body of his son, Jesus. God is calling you. In fact, and I hope to not offend anybody, but I was thinking about some brothers here and some sisters here, which I love to death. We have ex-gang members here. We have ex-drug abusers here. We have ex-people who used to bounce in the clubs and drink all night. Me, all right? We have, but, but they met the person of Jesus, and they heard the truth of his love, and they, when they believed, that's all you have to do is believe, they crossed over from the realm of death to the realm of life, and we formed the body of Jesus. We're on our way. God's not done with us, but we're on our way. Come on, somebody. You out there. How do you belong? You can give God a clap, all right? And I'm closing with this, I promise you. How do you belong, all right? How do you belong? First of all, do you know God? You can't be adopted into his family unless you know him. Do you know God, all right? You can't, let me say this. When you know God, God adopts you. He grafts you in like a branch, all right? You, have, you can do that, okay? You can actually take a piece of branch or, branch or flower or whatever that is gone. You can actually stick it back and it'll fuse together. That's exactly what God will do to you, to you in the Holy Spirit once you know God. All right, do you know God? All right, how, how about number two, how to belong? Church attendance, let me tell you something. Church attendance, especially with my generation, which I'm so passionate about and is exactly why I do what I do. Church attendance is not the same as it used to be. People don't want to go to church anymore, all right? Why? Let me tell you why. Because it's the people, they think they're judgy, they think they're legalistic, 
but I believe that church attendance is critical and important, all right, where we see miracles happen and where the body of Christ comes together, where Jesus Christ rules and reigns, forgiveness is unleashed, reconciliation is released, we get words of wisdom, we get words of knowledge, the Holy Spirit breaks out, miracles happen. Come on, somebody, that's why church attendance happens, we're edified. Hebrews chapter 10, 25, do not forsake the gathering of the saints, all right, like most like people do, all right, church attendance is, is important, all right, and we'll take care of you at this church, come on, somebody, we'll take care of you, get some coffee, some teas, all right, some tacos, all right, number three, gathering during the week, so in other words, don't, we don't just gather so we don't scatter. We gather so we can scatter. And also, too, we form uh, bodies during the week. We have men's group. We have women's group. And we have marriage groups, all right? Or, honestly, I love what Jeremy told me this last week. We went to coffee. He's like, you know what, brother? I've been meeting with couples from the church for the last three or four weeks that I didn't know. They're doing church. Come on, somebody. All right? How about number four? We pray for one another. How do we belong? We pray for one another. We carry each other's burdens. That is the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. When you see your brother burdened, need healing, needing help, you don't let him there. You don't let him just stay there. You help him. You carry his burdens or her burdens. And how about this number 5? We live out the mission of the church together. Not just pastor, pastor's going to go change the world. Pastor's going to change Pasadena. No, pastor's getting all of us through God to change the city of Pasadena, to change the San Gabriel Valley. Come on somebody. How do you belong? Do you know God? Church attendance, gather during the week. We pray for one another. We live out the mission of the church together. And here's some practical steps. And I promise you this is the last one. I promise you, all right? Told you my cat knows me, all right? Next steps, all right? Next step. There's some people here. You need, you know, you need a next step, all right? What's your next step? You, you either got baptized. Do you know Jesus? I believe your first step is salvation, all right? Your second step, or we say here our first step is baptism, all right? But it all begins with salvation. Our first step is baptism. Have you been baptized? You know, outside, we like, we like to baptize people in public because you, you, it's a public display of belief. And out here, you know, it's so funny. When we baptize people out there, they're driving down Villa, and they're like, what is all that over there, all right? It happens all the time, even at the park. We actually had a gender reveal. Somebody did a gender reveal, and they saw a church. They started coming to church, all right? We're not ashamed of the gospel. Baptism, have you been baptized? How about number two, life groups? Who are you doing life with, boo-boo, all right? Who are you doing life with? Wendy Williams, TMZ, Harvey, all right? Who are you doing life with? Who are you allowing to speak in your life? Who are you allowing to speak right here? Why not get some people who are not perfect but on their way speaking to your life? Come on, somebody. Life groups. That's significant and important, all right? Number three, growth track. Kareem just said some education about what we believe, what our mission is. And number four is dream team, making a, per- making a difference uh, in Jesus' name at the calling church. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close out the service. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.